Prior to his financial troubles, the CEO outlined plans for a new home in Great Falls, Virginia, which he described as part house, part embassy, and part ceremonial, running a price tag ranging between $28 million and $50 million. He even joked at his 35th birthday party this spring that he was now old enough to run for president and was declaring his candidacy. Good afternoon. You are listening to another episode of Black Man Into the Wild. I'm blessed to be here with you all today, and I'm blessed to have you here with me as well. Now, uh, today, at a high level, we're going to be looking into the DeFi or decentralized financed movement, uh, talking a little bit about Ethereum smart contracts and NFTs, and I I also want to circle back a little bit to, uh, of course, Bitcoin from the last time I spoke about it. a little bit at length. But before we get started, if you haven't already, please go ahead and subscribe to the channel, like this video, that helps me out a lot, and share with your friends if you do like what you hear. Uh, All right, so, okay, the CEO um, in question here is a gentleman by the name of Michael Saylor. Uh, Now, Michael Saylor is the CEO of a company called MicroStrategy, a business, intelligence, a cloud-based services and most recently, uh, a Bitcoin investment company. And that little piece that I I read there at the opening actually comes from from a Forbes article published actually a little bit over 20 years ago. Um, And and admittedly, I I wasn't too familiar with Michael Saylor or uh, MicroStrategy up until a couple of months ago when I, I started seeing him appear somewhat frequently on these uh, you know, CNBC or whatever YouTube videos talking about, you know, Bitcoin and his company's recent investments into Bitcoin. So I don't know. I, I mean, if you're like me and, and, and don't know much or, or didn't really know too much about Michael Saylor or, you know, his company MicroStrategy until recently, um, you may not be aware that him and the company actually came under fire by the SEC, yes, the Securities and Exchange Commission in early 2004, manipulating financial statements and allegedly committing accounting fraud with the help of Price Waterhouse Coopers. Now, for all of my business students out there uh, or former business students, you know, we know that Price Waterhouse Coopers is an accounting firm, part of what we uh, referred to today as the big four. So now I, I don't intend on spending too much time with this particular story tonight. However, I, I felt it was appropriate to mention since, you know, we are going to be talking about digital assets. Um, and the last time I spoke about Bitcoin, you know, we were looking at the growing adoption among uh, certain influencers such as Elon Musk and, and, and Jack Dorsey and uh, you know, since, you know, we've seen Tesla buy $1.5 billion in Bitcoin with plans to accept it as payment. Uh, and then we've watched Tesla halt acceptance of Bitcoin for their car purchases, which, you know, speaks to what I mentioned in the last podcast uh, about, you know, Elon Musk potentially being a bad actor out to do no good for humanity. So I don't know. Now we have this Michael Saylor guy to pay attention to, along with MicroStrategy. You know, both appear to be growing more influential in the Bitcoin space with, uh, you know, the company's, their their last purchase, putting their Bitcoin holdings at more than $3 billion. So I, I, I don't know. Um, just, just maybe something to keep an eye on now. Uh, let's see here. A couple of other notable Bitcoin headlines over the last couple of months. JP Morgan Chase, I believe, has recommended 
Bitcoin as an alternative asset class for uh, the portfolios of their high net worth clients. Um, crazy, right? Uh, now, the price has since come back down, right? But it did hike up past $60,000 per Bitcoin earlier this year. I, I think that was back in, what, February or March. Um, of course, we had the uh, Bitcoin conference in Miami a couple of weeks ago, which you know was all over social media. A lot of quote unquote influencers, you know, attended and um, you know talked about it on different platforms there. And I think from from what I can tell, most recently uh, in the news, El Salvador announces that they will now accept and recognize Bitcoin as an alternative uh, official currency in the country. Yes, adults in El Salvador are to get thirty dollars in Bitcoin. Um, as the nation unveils details to make crypto legal tender, uh, so that that should be interesting. We'll we'll pay attention to what you know transpires there. Now, what I really want to get into tonight are these smart contracts, and you know I I'm no crypto expert or uh, I'm no financial advisor, so don't take any of the following as financial or investment advice. I. I really just want to read a little bit from this article here, an opinion piece from The Motley Fool titled, uh, Why You Should Be Paying Attention to Ethereum. Cryptocurrencies have taken the world by storm. Since 2013, the value of all cryptocurrencies in circulation has soared from $1.6 billion to more than $1.6 trillion at Wednesday's price, and roughly $1.4 trillion of that value was added in the past year according to CoinMarketCap. Bitcoin has been the leader of the pack thanks to its first mover advantage as the original cryptocurrency. However, in recent months, Ethereum has stolen Bitcoin's thunder. In the past year, Ethereum has gained roughly 1,600%, while Bitcoin is up 300%. Ethereum has caught fire for a number of reasons, but the most important aspect of the Ethereum network is its use of smart contracts. These smart contracts built on the Ethereum network are spurring a couple of innovations that give Ethereum its value. Decentralized finance, DeFi, and non-fungible tokens, NFTs. Uh, okay, you know, this is big, ladies and gentlemen. This is, this is like the meat and potatoes of, you know, probably the next 100 years. Uh, one of the biggest innovations spurred by the Ethereum network is DeFi. DeFi uses smart contracts on the Ethereum blockchain to offer traditional financial products like insurance or loans without the need of intermediaries like brokerages or banks. Um, again, you know, I, I work in commercial real estate and, uh, of course, almost everything that we do is lease and sales contracts and transactions. So I, I do wonder sometimes how this smart contract tech will uh, eventually make its way into the industry. Um, if, they, if they haven't already in some areas. So uh, I'm just waiting for the day really where I read a headline for the story of the first office building being purchased by you know some type of cryptocurrency, whether or not that is Bitcoin or Ethereum. Um, now, now, what are these smart contracts and how are they different from traditional contracts? Well, the article goes on, these smart contracts eliminate the need for a trusted third party to verify the transaction. Nick Savo, an early pioneer of digital currencies, likened them to digital vending machines. Smart contracts are programmable contracts between two parties that self-execute when specific conditions are satisfied. 
The third party is eliminated because the contract is programmable and exists on the blockchain, a secure and decentralized form of digital ledger technology. Um, so th this is this is already being implemented uh, in, a, in a lot of places, honestly. Um, but on, on the mainstream, on the mainstream day to day, you know, probably within the next ten years, I can I can imagine we see these executed uh, quite uh, quite a lot more you know frequently than we are today. The ultimate goal of DeFi is to eliminate third parties and make financial products such as loans, insurance, and trading more accessible to underserved markets. Uh, according to World Bank, 1.7 billion adults across the globe lack access to banking services. However, two-thirds of those do have access to a mobile phone and internet connection and could benefit from DeFi. A real-world example here, uh, Munich-based Etherisk built its first product, Flight Delay Insurance, with smart contracts on the Ethereum network. Um, and it works like this. When a customer purchases Flight Delay Insurance, it's recorded on the blockchain in smart contract form. Um, if a flight is delayed by 45 minutes or more, the self-executing contract pays out customers instantly. Crazy. Uh, the smart contract allows the customer to avoid making claims with an insurance company, making insurance more efficient. Etherisk sees insurance as an industry ripe for disruption by utilizing smart contracts, saying they can make the purchase and sale of insurance more efficient while lowering operational costs and providing greater transparency into the industry. Now, Ethereum leads the pack when it comes to decentralized contracts, whose popularity has taken off this year. Uh, according to DeFi Pulse, over $63 billion was locked up in smart contracts as of Wednesday, a 65-fold increase from the $953 million locked up in smart contracts just one year ago. Um, yeah, so it's just it's just wild. It's like the wild, wild west out there. You know, this whole digital uh, asset class that has sort of gotten um, uh, a lot of hype and a lot of buildup, you know, uh, put into it, or I should say maybe put behind it over really the last six months. Um, and, and so you see really the year-over-year -year number there is, you know, is quite, is quite astounding. Um now, Ethereum is leading the NFT trend, too. Uh, the Ethereum ecosystem is perfect for another purpose as well, non-fungible tokens. One of the problems in the digital age is the ease with which we can duplicate digital assets like images, videos, and songs. Now, NFTs aim to make digital products more like digital ones, excuse me, like physical ones by giving them scarcity, uniqueness, and proof of ownership. Uh, NFTs have exploded in popularity in the past year. According to Non-Fungible, uh, there were nearly $67 million in sales related to NFTs in 2020. So far in 2021, sales are an astounding $840 million, representing over 11 times the growth from last year's total. And the year isn't over yet. Comparing the full month of April to the same month last year, I guess we're in June going into July now, um, NFT sales were up 82-fold. To say NFTs have exploded is really an understatement. Um, and, and it finishes off here, the Ethereum network plays a key role in NFTs, as most NFTs are priced in Ether, the digital token on, excuse me, the digital token of the Ethereum blockchain. 
In fact, the earliest and most popular NFTs with names like CryptoKitties and CryptoPunks are run on the Ethereum blockchain. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, again, too much about, you know, <laughs> this whole brave new world that we're you're getting ready to explore here. Um, some people already have been for probably 20 years, but uh, we are clearly living in the future. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you, everybody. This has been another episode of Black Man Into the Wild. Have a great day.